Hello. Welcome to oh, turn your phone off. Oh. Let's go again. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. I know that this sounds very echoey. My small creature ate the cover off the microphone. So everything sounds incredibly echoey. Let's go ahead with this. Let's see if we can do it in one take. Right. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. First and foremost, let's hear from our sponsor. Today's podcast is sponsored by Muse Activewear. If you've been following absolutely any of my social media content of late, you'll have seen I've fallen hook, line and sinker for this brand. Muse Activewear provides the highest quality athleisure wear for the ambitious, inspired female. Whether you're hitting the gym, dressing up to meet the girls for lunch, or simply want to feel amazing while we spend that little bit more time at home at the moment, there's something in the range you will absolutely love. I've literally lived in Muse since I first came across the brand. Everything's designed in the most gorgeous muted color palette. The detailing is really simple and elegant, and I can absolutely confirm that it's both as buttery soft as it looks and can testify it's completely squat proof. The chance to get involved with Muse was a no-brainer for me, and the fact that they're doing great things all from their Glasgow base was the absolute cherry on top. You can currently get 10% off your Muse order via the link in my Instagram bio and absolutely any questions you may have about any of the products or sizing, etc. I'd be more than happy to answer. Thank you, Muse. As ever, I feel like I'm all... Do you know what? I say it because it's true. Today, I'm sitting in a Muse sweatshirt. I'm sitting in a cap because I haven't washed my hair. How wonderful. So yeah, I really do love their stuff and I really do wear it all the time. Right, let's get into today's podcast. Things I wish I knew when I started in the fitness space. Yeah, there's a very long list. I've tried to pick out the good ones. I've popped a few posts like this on Instagram. They always do pretty well. I think because people can really, really relate to them. I was on a podcast. Let's go into this actually. I was on a podcast with Paul yesterday, Paul Dermody. And you know, I think he's wonderful. He's an angel among men. He's just so wise. And I really left that podcast so upbeat, so happy. I was looking forward to it for the whole week before. And for completely selfish reasons, there are some of the reasons that I just love to do this because it gives you the chance to sit down and talk to people about subjects you both genuinely love. Like we both love to help people. We both love the fitness space. We both love self-development, mindset, exploring ideas, all of these things. And it's an absolute privilege to get to do that. Anyway, one of the things that came up on the podcast was the fact that we don't know really anyone who can pretty much say that they've had a whole plain sailing time of their their fitness journey like can anyone honestly say they've never done a horrible crash diet or they've never been afraid to go in a gym or they've, everyone has had a bit of a rocky start and he said something along the lines of the gym like your gym experience it has to get better before it gets worse and I fundamentally agree with that my key goal really with my coaching is to try and help people as soon as possible really so to limit that negative experience they may have with with exercise and turn it into the most positive thing in their life or one of and it's perfectly perfectly doable it's just a bit of a shame that we all seem to 
do things that aren't potentially brilliant. I'll go into these in this podcast. Trust me, the juice cleanse would be one I'll start with. But um, it was just really interesting. And actually, I've been thinking about that a lot more and about different clients and the experience they've had prior to coming to me, potentially, and how I would like to think that after working together, not only do we turn that around, but actually... I hope they managed to reframe the things that they learned in a kind of BC before Caroline as a, you know, positive because it's actually reinforced why we do the things that we do now. Anyway, besides the point, you can catch that podcast with Paul. Actually, you know, I'll link it below here. So if you are interested in chatting to that, listening to that, we chatted for over an hour about this, that and the next thing. I'll pop it below this one so you can uh, can have a uh, listen admin things. So clients of mine, you may have noticed the Facebook group has shrunk significantly. This is going to be a client only thing going forward. I know, I, I wasn't sure how I felt about that either. But the reason I want it to be client specific is literally so that I can make my content completely geared towards you. Now, you know, I do check ins with you guys every week individually, but it's actually the nicest feeling to know that you have a community in which you can can almost be the kind of backbone of your progress. I see this more exaggerated, perhaps, with the girls that are doing the photo shoot prep. And they, you know, they have their own WhatsApp group. They have, they meet up for walks. They, you know, the content in there is, is very specific to them. They're bouncing off each other and they're able to use that support network to actually propel their goals forward. And I really want that for all of my clients. And I think that it's important that we have that intimate community feeling that is just us. Um, to allow you to do that and to feel comfortable in that space for completely selfish reasons as well. It allows me to make, you know, I know what was in your check-ins. I can make content so, so specific. If there's three of you that's struggling with push-ups and want to develop your pull-ups or you're starting to use HelloFresh, whatever you're doing, let's make content specifically for that. So please don't be offended if you feel that the Facebook group has suddenly disappeared. It is um, now for for the clients. So that'll be the the situation going forward. Um, And I actually got asked a couple of times last week, am I taking on new clients? Yes, at the moment I am. I've maneuvered things around. So there are some spaces for online coaching, but there are also things like uh, the bronze package, which will allow you to work through your training and nutrition a little bit more self-led. There's also powerful, which is four weeks and all of that training goes directly to your app. You set up, you wham bam off you go so there are definitely options and it depends how much support you feel you need at any given time obviously one-to-one coaching with me where you have check-ins every week etc etc is going to give you a little bit more adherence and a bit more kind of obviously one-to-one support along the way but if you feel that you just need some structure you want to know what you're doing in the gym etc etc there are other options there as well so yes there are openings across the board um and I would say if you're thinking about it jump in definitely prior to Christmas because you know what January and February are like anyway last point if you do enjoy this if you listen to this and you're like oh do you know what took something from that or I like these weekly installments how wonderful please share it on your old socials it'd mean the absolute world and I think I said this on a Facebook video today I only want to spend time doing the content that is going to help you the most and I don't always know what that is so let me know it's great for all of us. Right, let's go into things I wish I knew when I started my fitness journey. Some of these are quite fast, other ones I'd like to expand on. So first one, find a training plan you love and stick with it. The longer you stick with it, the better. 
and 1b if that program contains mostly exercises you love doing you're far more likely to adhere to it longer term this is so true i started off trying to run like 5k a day when i first went into the gym one because the treadmill was the only thing that didn't scare me but also I just didn't know how to do anything else. Now, if you are someone who loves squats, deadlifts, hip thrusts, et cetera, wonderful. Build them into your plan. If you love sweaty finishers, build that into your plan. The longer that you stick with a training plan, the better as well. The better you're going to get at those specific movements, the more accomplished you're going to get them at them. You will be, you'll give yourself time to progress weights. I have never programmed for clients less than you know, four or five, six weeks, any shorter than that, you spend so much time trying to nab, right, what's the next exercise? Let's watch the video. You spend so much time faffing around, you never get anything done. The longer you can stick with a program, honestly, the better it will be. I think people kind of associate jumping about programs with, oh, new plan, new motivation, et cetera, et cetera. Do you know what? The basics are the basics for a reason. The basics are there because they work. And to be honest, knuckle down, enjoy it and crack on. You don't need to be jumping about plans every six weeks, six, eight, six, eight, 12 weeks. They're relatively short in the grand scheme of things. I've said this before numerous times. I've been on the same training plan for months and months and months and months. Like, like we're talking like six, eight, 10 months. It never gets boring because you constantly look to develop that, potentially finding slightly different ways to tweak exercises, always pursuing greater tension, upping weight if it's appropriate, always making the most out of the movements. Get excited about that. Don't think, you know, like, oh, I'll do this for eight weeks, but it's fine. We'll just get out of the way and then we'll, we'll change up. No, love it. Love every, you don't need to love every single exercise in all of your training program, but if you love the majority of it, it becomes an absolute breeze. It becomes a joy. It becomes something that you get excited about. I will sometimes, like the night before, look at my training plan and be like, oh, brilliant. I've got that tomorrow. Oh, I love doing that. And do you know what? Last week, I could have really pushed a little bit more on that exercise. Brilliant. Like, see, by the time you go into the gym, you're totally buzzing. Absolutely buzzing. Is that just me? I feel like I, I do that anyway. Okay. Number two, ask more questions. The more you understand, the more knowledge you have, the better your decision making will be. This is actually why I started becoming a personal trainer was because I wasn't trusting the information that I was being given. And I think, especially in this instance, knowledge is power. You need to have knowledge and equipping yourself with that is like having a tool belt with all the different things you might need on it. You've got your hammer, you've got your, oh my God, I don't know any other tools. I don't know, like a drill, a screwdriver. Like it, the more knowledge you have, the more tools you have, the more capacity you have to whip out whichever one you may need at any given time because things change. And the more experience you have, the more learning you've done, the better. And the thing is, if you have a coach, they have that knowledge. They don't potentially tell you everything about why you're doing something all at once because potentially that can be a little bit more overwhelming but I'll say from my point of view nothing makes me happier than when clients ask more questions god the day Rosie brought me an a4 sheet of paper in the gym with questions all over it and that I sat like 
that's an absolute dream. You've got a client who actually cares and they're putting thought into, so the questions were kind of compounded over a couple of days where as they presented themselves, she, she jotted it down and do it in your phone, do it in your notes, send over a WhatsApp just so it's there in the chat. But I love when clients ask questions. You're paying attention. You care where you're going. You're going to equip yourself with that knowledge. You're not waiting till I tell you. You're actually being proactive about it. And it means that when that comes up again, and you're faced with the same potential dilemma or something in a similar situation, you'll go, oh God, yeah, I asked about this before. Oh, and she said this. Oh yeah, I remember that, right, brilliant. Amazing. So yeah, ask more questions. Think about it as you know, building that tool belt. Your trainer is there to be utilized in the best possible way. Um, so use their knowledge. It's there and potentially they're just not telling you everything all at once because like I say, it can be very overwhelming and sometimes context is very very key so amazing number three some people won't get it and that's okay they're just maybe not your people and I know that that can sound a little bit harsh but over the last few months actually clients have essentially taken me aside and I've had numerous conversations about basically other people in their lives presenting barriers towards them working towards their goals and this that's a conversation for another day but nothing makes me more saddened than to hear that actually that someone would even risk dampening your kind of spirit for your goals but that's maybe by the by okay some people won't get it some people it's it's a personal thing it's an insecurity thing some people just do not like fitness and that's okay some people the thought of fitness for them being in a gym is is horrific they want to be like up a hill or mind like that's amazing absolutely brilliant it's and that's okay just because the gym or the exercise that you enjoy is gym focused resistance based and you enjoy pushing yourself in that way you do you hun that's the overarching theme here is that people don't need to necessarily get it I've got quite strong views on if they try and negatively impact your progress however it doesn't need to be the forefront of all conversations. If you've got friends that you work with who fitness is, you know, is just not on their radar, that's fine. You've got other things in common. Focus on those. If you, you know, you have different friends for different pockets of your life and who you'd go to for different reasons or in different circumstances, not everyone has to understand necessarily. Not everyone needs to care. And also just don't try and force things on people as well. I know that some things are really, really important to you. Um, but like I say, because of insecurities, because of personal experience, you know, gym-based fitness may not be someone's cup of tea and that's okay. Um, but they potentially were a friend of yours before you became focused on the gym. And so you've got those things in common and they'll be a friend of yours long after, as long as you, you know, maintain that relationship. And as long as you keep it alive in the way that it was previously. Where it does become a slight issue is that say, and I noticed this previously, say friends that you had before who were in the loveliest way, drinking buddies. And that's all they really were when it came down to it. Like, have you ever actually had a conversation sober? Those kind of friends. Now, potentially them falling by the wayside when you start to go out less or, you know, when drinking's not a priority or, you know, you want to get up early in the morning to do you know, X, Y, or Z that might have a negative effect on those relationships. But then you question whether you were getting much from them in the first place. So I'll leave that with you, but some people won't get it. And genuinely, that is okay. 
Number four, you can work harder than that. Learn to push yourself in all areas of your life. Progressive overload, but in life. If you know me, you know I love progressive overload and I'll talk about it quite a lot with clients. But I found the ability or learning or leaning into pushing myself more was one of the kind of most empowering things about going to the gym and the area of direct gym work I suppose that has filtered into so many other aspects of my life so we are really really good at putting glass ceilings on ourselves and saying oh no but I can only dumbbell shoulder press 8k that's all I can do that's all I'll ever be able to do don't go near the tens that's never going to happen what about when you do pick the tens up and you can do a clean 12 reps of them and actually when you think about it it it's fairly easy come on let's go up to the 12s that's just a very tangible example but you can work harder you can do more give yourself permission to push yourself more it's nothing's going to happen nothing bad's going to happen all that's going to happen is that you're going to develop you're going to adapt you're going to change and you're going to grow literally you're going to grow and your your muscles are going to grow going to grow and your mindset's going to shift you're going to see that you can do more if you just give yourself permission to do that And I found that this translated so well into other areas. I could be more productive. I could work harder. I could work longer. I could produce more. I could, it's like, it's always chasing that extra, isn't it? And I find the gym is a brilliant metaphor for that. Uh, You know, four sets of an exercise is a brilliant metaphor for how you, you know, develop a piece of work or how you, anything. It's, you can always do more. You can always push yourself a little bit more. And I think if you're someone who's always striving and maybe that wasn't something that you did previously, but the gym has actually equipped you and enabled you to do that. I think that's a brilliant thing to say to lean into. So you can work harder. You can do more. Just don't cap yourself. Don't say, I, I can only do two push-ups. I can't do a full push-up. I will never be able to do a pull-up. I you know, will never squat in the big rack. Yeah, you will. Just lean into it. Number five, things I wish I knew. You've never looked worse or trained as badly as when you lived on two Herbalifes a day. Yes, shock horror. I did Herbalife for a while, actually. So it was two shakes. It was one in the morning, one in the afternoon, and then you were allowed some kind of meal. Honestly, it was bloody awful. And at that point as well, I remember I was training in the evening. So potentially I was having two shakes, trying to go and train, like do a full resistance session uh, on, God, what even were they? They couldn't have been, maybe they were 200 calories a pop. So on 400 calories, about five hours before I went to train, you see how that wasn't really working. Um, I looked absolutely horrendous. I was starving during weeks. So I ate a shit ton at the weekend never got past it, looked horrendous and had no concept of nutrition or what any alternatives were. And it was just awful. Couldn't push anything in the gym, didn't have any energy, didn't have any energy for life and felt not great. Almost like a, it's hard to describe, like a skinny fat, like a no muscle tone at all, just a little bit flat, just a little bit wobbly, just a little bit empty. It was just, it was bizarre. Anyway, no herbal life. But I really question how that's still going as a company. Is it still going? I kind of want to Google that. It must be. Herbalife must still be a thing. Anyway, if your mom's doing it, tell her to stop. 
Number six, start training your upper body right from the beginning. When you're 30, your favorite thing will be biceps. Nothing could be truer than this, could it? But this is one of the things, I think I spoke about this a little while ago. I am so grateful. I was trained by Sophie Brewster. You know, the reason I'm just trying to cast my memory about that would be the first kind of resistance program I was given to follow. So I must have been about 20, 22, maybe 22 ish. Um, that was kind of the first resistance program I was given to follow from start to finish. And it was incredibly balanced. It was very much if you look at her physique now, so she's a wellness competitor. If you look at the balance of that physique, it's just you can see it. It's not it's going to make me seem like I'm slighting bikini girls. Not at all. Um, uh, categories like bikini, you see the lower body is, is a lot more kind of dominant. Yes, there's that kind of toned overall, but the lower body is more dominant. That wellness category is like um, it's an overall more athletic, larger kind of stature, if you will. And I suppose, luckily, that was instilled in me very, very early on that having a well-rounded program was, was optimal. So there was shoulders, there was a lot of back, there was a never like a glute specific day. That just wasn't really a thing. It wasn't really a thing then the way that it is now. So if you're going back like eight, nine years, it wasn't quite as people weren't as mad on the ass as they are now. Um, so rephrase that people weren't quite as uh, booty conscious so it was very much uh you know there was back and biceps shoulders and like it was very balanced and I am so grateful for that now and I love training upper body always have always will probably more so than than lower um no that's not fair that isn't fair but I just find when I was working the gym one-to-one, -one, a lot of ladies would almost, oh, oh, my upper body is really weak. Almost like, let's not look at it. it. It's it's weak. Let's not do it. Let's not try. No, 100%. Like, if you feel that it's weaker, that would give me even more incentive to do something about it. And the thing that's ironic is that after a little while of working with me, what ladies tend to do is they tend to see visual progress in their upper body very, very quickly. And that gets them really, really, really excited. Now, I train my lower body in shorts because I want to see the quads pop. I want to see all this. But if you are not seeing that, it can be very difficult to... Sorry, there's some children having a war outside. If you're not seeing visual progress, it can be very difficult to sometimes feel motivated. If you're doing a dumbbell shoulder press and suddenly out of nowhere, this amazing delt materializes, the shadow casts over the arm, the bicep is popping, everything is looking wow, like, that's exciting. That's really, really exciting. And I get then why the push forward with upper body happens and then why ladies start to really enjoy it. Biceps are just my thing, I just love it. I just love massive, massive biceps. Okay. Number seven, record your workouts and track your weights earlier. You'll love seeing progress somewhere other than the scales. How true is this? Any client of mine who works on the app, how true is this? When you start to see that, oh, I lifted 10 kilos last week and now I've just done 12. I barbell squatted 50 and now I can do, in a couple of weeks, I can do 60, no problem. That is so fulfilling. And you know what's lovely about it? It takes goals away from the aesthetic it takes the pressure off the fat loss and when we've been so prescribed to associating scale weight drops with success 
we get really blinkered into what success can actually mean. And actually, it's really, really refreshing, as I say, to take that pressure off and to focus it elsewhere. I love progress in the gym because it's so you can do something about it. If you in your heart of hearts, like it would absolutely make your day to get a PB in that lift, there's something you can do about it. Go and work, go and push, go and try for those extra reps, go up a weight. You know, there's things that you can actually do. Sometimes scale weight, there's so many external factors at play, hormones, whether you had too much salt, whether you need to go to the bathroom, whether you're stressed, whether you there's so many external factors that it can almost take a little bit of the control out of your hands you're in control of whether you push that weight or not. You're in control whether you set a new PB, okay? In the grand scheme of things, I totally understand that there are other things at play sometimes, but you do have a lot more control in that space. So I think the sooner that you start to focus on gym performance, the more fulfilled that you will be. And also the more you'll get out of your workouts, I can't think of anything more boring I know when people do this and I know when you're starting out it's amazing that you're even going to the gym but I cannot think of anything more boring than doing 12 reps for four sets at the same weight for six weeks in a row like even the thought even thinking about what that looks like on a log makes me go oh god like that is it's just very very it seems boring um you will get a massive kick out of squeezing for that one extra rep even going up that 1.25 kilo whatever it is like you start to get a massive kick out of that and I would lean on that a little bit more and give it a little bit more emphasis in your week because the scales are a bitch and we do we do it oh sorry we do it but there are other metrics of success just saying and record your workouts I know that the app makes it really really easy to do it if you're not a client of mine and you're like I have no idea how to record my work um what have I used previously good old-fashioned iPhone notes literally laterally I used Evernote so Evernote syncs beautifully with the desktop app so what you can do is you can go into the gym and you can record your workout on obviously it's me so there was like tables and like cross-reference notes but it syncs beautifully with your desktop so you can actually start to see uh, what progress you've made and just go in and note what you're doing each time obviously if you work with me the app will do that and what's brilliant about it is that I get your progress reports sent to me so I know a lot of you will have seen this in check-ins if you've not at any point I can log into your app and it literally is tabled for me your exercise the date that you did it on the sets the reps the weights everything so I can see the progress so if I've been looking at your log and I'm like oh I can see why you're getting stuck at the 50 kilos this is what we should do about it or if I look at it and I'm like you've been lifting the same weight for the last four weeks let's do something about that that's how I can do it and how I get access to it so always watch it where are we number eight training seven days a week for two weeks and then taking a month off is about as effective as juice cleansing and you'll try that and nearly faint so yeah training seven days a week a lot of ladies when they initially start with me or when I do their initial kind of consultation call I'll say well how many days do you have to dedicate to to exercise and they'll say I've got seven days I can do every day give me every day the, the flat answer to that is no um, even if you are shooting, prepping for a photo shoot, you don't train seven days yet. 
no I'm kidding rest days are important but also when you're taking rest days it's not it's not so much physical actually it's more psychological I want you to be excited for going back into the gym and what tends to happen is exactly what I used to do is that I would train for seven days but I would only be able to keep that up for a week or two and then I'd be like oh no and everything would get a little bit busy and it would take a month off and then you train for two weeks and then take another month off and before you know it you've exercised for two-thirds of the year when you put it like that it's a bit scary you'd be better to exercise half the amount so exercise three or four days but be able to do it continually so for four weeks or for two-thirds of the year so you don't have that massive break between you'll never make progress that way and juice cleansing is not effective the only reason I didn't faint on that occasion was because the note in the juice cleanse diet was if you feel that you are going to faint, have half an emergency avocado. That was that was the line. Yeah. Hashtag fitness. Um, number nine, when you crack the organization, your progress will speed up. Seems so obvious, doesn't it? That if you just factor in when you're going to do your sessions each week, you know, exactly when are they going to be in the morning? How does the rest of your week pan out? When are you going to prep your food? When I know it sounds so obvious, but when you nail that, honestly, that's half the battle. I'd say even more than half the battle because you've subconsciously committed and dedicated to, right, this is what I'm doing. Nothing feels more, I can't deal with it, that feeling of floundering, like not knowing when you've got so much to do that you don't know what to do. That's horrible. You almost have to just stop, literally just, did anyone ever watch Bernard's watch? Am I showing my age here? Anyway, there's this TV program where this kid had this watch where you could press the top and it stopped time. He still moved, but no one else did. But that's how I used to feel when I got those overwhelming, what the fuck am I supposed to do now feelings? Like you literally just had to shut yourself away. No one talked to me until I figured out what's going on. Now I just do that on a Sunday. Um, I like to do it in the morning when the world is still asleep and just plan and get organized. And I say this, like, I feel like I say this every single check-in day, but 20 minutes of that saves you so much anxiety and so much time during the week. I mean it sincerely and nothing makes me happier than seeing like your meals planned out or your just direction or you saying in a check-in, right, this is what I'm going to do next week. This day, this day, this day, this day. Amazing. Honestly, it is more than half the battle. And your progress will speed up as a consequence. Totally, totally agree with that. Number 10, you won't get visible abs until you quit wine club Wednesday. This was a bit, this was a difficult one to get my head around. Definitely. The old, you can't out-train a bad diet, but specifically with alcohol, I just didn't find that my behaviors around that Actually, they were probably the most troublesome in terms of it wasn't just the the drinking itself. It was the next day. It was how that would affect exercise. It was how that would affect eating patterns the next day. Sleep would be off and that would be off for then another two nights. Like it was just an absolute ripple effect. And this was honestly in, the, in our office, this was a weekly thing. It was, you know, a bottle of night which was too much for little old me. Um, and I used to wonder why I wasn't really getting anywhere with my training or how I was looking. And, you know, you can be kind of thin and scrawny and drink a lot of wine. It just, it's not really the physique that I wanted at that time. And yeah, so giving up wine 
was a massive plus actually more mentally than physically these things always seem to come hand in hand don't they but definitely for my headspace and I was by the way at uni I was the one who used to sit there and drink pints of diet coke in the pub like vivid that was my but people stopped asking after a while they wouldn't be like why are you not drinking why are you not because it's a Tuesday afternoon. (laughs) No, I'm going to go train after this. But do you know what I mean? Like it was very much a, it was just a choice. And I knew then, I knew fine well then that it didn't serve me, but I afraid into office life. I let that go by the wayside, but we live and learn, don't we? Right. Number 11. Am I nearly there? Um, number 11 motivation. Oh, this is probably the most important one. Why was this not number one? Motivation comes from action. Don't wait to feel motivated. Don't wait for someone else to motivate you. Do it for yourself. Take action, any action, and the quote-unquote motivation will come. This is a massive one, an absolutely massive one. The best way that I can, the most sort of closest, I'm not phrasing this very well, the way that this really was hammered home to me it was actually when I lived in Canada and there was a couple of instances and this used to happen notably then because the time difference was so that when I was awake a lot of the time people in the UK were asleep and it meant that you had kind of long spells of the day whereby you, not you, you couldn't message people because they were fast asleep so it often meant that you had a lot of time to think now being trapped in your own head can do one of two things one, <laughs> one you can sort your shit out and you can really like like focus or you can kind of fall by the wayside and think oh my god I've got so much to do kind of like the previous point I'm not really sure what to do and it almost paralyzes you to the point where you go oh god right I don't feel very motivated at all I'm not going to do anything that's a dangerous, dangerous place to be. And when this used to happen to me, I did just two things. I would just pop my shoes on straight away. And it was always really sunny there. Must be was during the summer. Um, I just pop my shoes on, just go down to the Starbucks down the street. I ordered a coffee that I just quite like. Just a, just a nice coffee, more like a kind of milky situation instead of just a boring double espresso with sweetener. And then I just go and sit in the park and just sit in the sun for 15 minutes. Now that is not conducive to my fitness or business goals. Neither of those things. But what it used to do by taking action, by getting outside, doing something that I quite enjoyed and just taking a little bit of time, it just used to really pump me up. And that sort of the act of just leaving, walking, moving, drinking, absorbing, maybe like watching, you know, people watching, what are we doing? You're sitting around. But it used to just really then be like, right, you've done that. Brilliant. Right. What's next? Maybe go and do a food shop. Maybe sort that out. Maybe get, yeah, get those things, sorry. All right, you've done a food shop? Okay, maybe go and get a workout. Into, do you see what this cycle of this little action, it was nothing to do with what I had to do, but it was something. And I do that, and then it was almost like, you know, when you skim stones on it. Actually, I can't do that. Whenever I do that, they just go. But when you skim stones and it's like one bounce, next bounce, next bounce, next bounce, you can't imagine when you first throw that stone that it was going to get as far as it does. But by the skimming action, it goes much further than you ever could throw it if you just threw it in one go. Does that, that is quite a good analogy. How do, yeah, let's remember that one. Um, you can get it much further than if you just threw it in, in one go. And I think, think about it that way. Yeah, you might not feel like going to the gym right now. That's fine. Go and tidy your house. Yeah, you might not feel like sitting down to write the next chapter of your dissertation. That's fine. Go and walk the dog. 
It's amazing what you feel like doing after you've done something. And it's the same as your goals might feel really far away. Like maybe your holiday is in February, right? Just nail today because that's the first skim of that stone. And just keep doing that consistently. That kind of lost that analogy. But anyway, next one. She's probably looking at you because she likes your top or your leggings, or she thinks you'd be a good gym pal. Smile more. Gym friendliness. It's difficult, isn't it? Because it's such a scary space. I totally get it. Like the gym is terrifying. It can be a lot less terrifying if you are open to being approachable or you are, if you just smile more. I try and ask people things. Like if I'm not sure about stuff, I try and ask people. One, because they'll tell you. So the guy who I asked, about how to adjust the squat rack. You know, it was funny about that situation. He didn't know how to do it either. And I felt a lot better about the situation. He laughed because he didn't know. And now I've got a gym pal. Do you know what? These kind of things that I know it's terrifying. And I know that girls can often feel like they are either looking at you or they're doing it in a bitchy way. Probably they're feeling a little bit insecure about their own situation. And they are just looking at you because they think, oh, her trainers are nice. Or all oh, those leggings are really nice. Or, oh my God, look at her shoulders. Or she's got nice hair like a lot of people I think I'd like to think that's more what they're thinking not anything else and if in doubt just smile it can honestly make someone's day and it can make people in the gym just feel a lot more relaxed and I felt like this was almost a being being a trainer I felt very very aware of wanting to do this more to try and make people feel more at ease one, it's good for business because people are going to go to you if you're the PT that actually speaks and smiles. But besides that, it's actually nice to be in a place where people talk to each other. I love to go in our gym, for instance, and you normally can't go down the big channel in the middle without being like, oh, hi, Neil. Hi, Joan. Hi, Chris. Like you, you know everyone. You know the regulars. Obviously, I see my clients and, you know, it's a nice space to be. Why wouldn't you want that? Cultivate that. Cultivate your own little community smile more number 13 we're nearly there i promise number 13 ditch the bcas i feel like they're not such a thing anymore remember when bcas were a thing and um, what i really mean by this is ditch the supplements that you don't need i very often get questions i'm not saying that you shouldn't take bcas because you, you can if it's in line with what you're doing if what I mean more is that people will come to me and they'll say, what supplements can I take? And I'm like, is your nutrition in check? Are you drinking enough? Are you nail those basics before you start worrying about, you know, whether you should take vitamin C or B12 or all of these, like just nail the basics of your nutrition. Do that, hit all the low hanging fruit before you start investing. This annoys me as well. When people in, like spend a lot of money on stuff they don't necessarily need. Like put that money into your coaching. Literally, I will teach you that you don't need that and here's why. Um, so yeah, just watch where you're spending your money. Watch about the supplements. Cause also as well, supplements tend to feed into this quick fix mentality. Like if I take this, it will speed this process up. In some cases that may be true, but for a lot of things, it is kind of like feeding into fat burners would be a good example of that. Like, just, just don't spend money on fat burners. Just spend less money on chocolate. Um, those kind of things. 
Number 14, last one. Ego lifting catches girls out too. Keep your weights low and your form pristine. I had a couple of conversations with clients about this recently, actually, when we were talking specifically about what happens when you get to a point where potentially your PBs aren't coming as fast, your weights are stalling, you get stuck at a certain weight, et cetera, et cetera, trying to push, trying to push, trying to push. And I'll say, well, you know, you're not training to be a powerlifter. So don't, don't train like one. If you're training for muscle hypertrophy, so to, to grow muscle mass, to become more lean, to become more quote-unquote, hate it, toned, stop training like a powerlifter because I don't think that you want that physique. That's not what you're training for. If you're not in a des designated strength phase, you're not actually chasing strength. Is increasing your weights week to week a good indication of progress? Yes, 100%, but not only if you're doing one or two reps at that weight, okay? Hypertrophy training, realistically, anywhere, six is even pretty low. Six to 12 reps of a given exercise would be a good range for, I prefer more like 10 to 12, 15 at an absolute max, but, and six is a bit on the low end. It's gonna be specific to you, but just what I mean is that ego lifting is a thing, and don't let it catch you out. Males are more pronounced or more, they fall victim to this a little bit more, but females do for sure, myself included, by the way. And sometimes you just need to catch yourself and be like, right, what's my goal here? Am I mapping what I'm doing towards that goal? No, actually knock two plates off there, crack on, get 15 reps. Yeah, it's, um, it's a difficult one. And we always tend to, of course we do, of course we chase, but your form shouldn't suffer. And I had a lovely lady sent me a series of training videos, good example actually. And there was a definitive weight where her form started to almost was compromised, shall we say. And because she'd been so thorough and so detailed and we had every single set to compare, we were able to pinpoint it and say, oh, actually on that set at that weight, that's where things start to go a little bit pear shaped this is what we're going to do about it. And more importantly, we could actually set a plan going forward. So don't ego lift, uh, lift with good technique always. And I feel like I have this on repeat too. If you're not filming yourself, please do. Um, I really obviously appreciate, particularly now we're fully online, seeing you training gives me, what you need to remember as well is that I can't necessarily progress, progress your training. If I don't know that what you're doing right now is being done well. So say, for instance, I program in your first ever, ever, ever set of deadlifts and you've been doing that for 12 weeks and I've never seen them. How do I know that I can put something more challenging in the next one? OK, so don't stall your own progress by taking a by missing, taking a few couple minute videos. That's all I'll say. Right. Oh, done. 14 things I wish I knew when I started in the fitness space. I bet a couple of these will jump out to you and I'd love to hear specifically in your context, which ones they were. If you found this useful, I would love, love, love if you could just screenshot and give it a little share. I would genuinely really appreciate it. And what else do I have? If you would like to sign up to coaching, probably the easiest place to find me is Instagram. And if you hit the link in the bio, there's a become a client button. And you just literally, you just fill that in. And what we'll do thereafter is set up a really informal coaching call that will allow me to get to grips with your 
with your goals it's it's so chilled it's just we sit down and just chat about what's going on with you and how best to move forward really what uh, level of support you need what package might be the best for you and we'll move forward with that how else you can I'll link the website below actually that's the other place you can do exactly the same thing there's the various packages are listed on there too so you can have a little look at kind of your options and just see what you think would uh, would suit you best the website's had a bit of a revamp actually i spent the last couple of weeks doing that so it's it should be very very slick and straightforward and just very easy to to read no frills really but i do quite like the minimalist life so yeah thank you muse for sponsoring as ever give this a little share and i will catch up with all of you next week <laughs>